Isaac needed a provision. He needed a substitute provision. If God had not showed up with a substitute, then Isaac would have been toast. He was that close to being stabbed and cremated. But God did show up. Say God showed up. God did show up, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will show up. I'm Terry Knight, and the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I really do appreciate you tuning in, whatever time it is, whether it's live on BTW or a little bit later by means of Facebook or YouTube or whatever the case might be. And we encourage you to like and share the videos if you do see them on some social media platform. It really helps us, helps us to get the word out, and that's what we are attempting to do. Let me encourage you also to partner with New Life Telecast, and I'm not talking about a financial contribution. All of this is underwritten by the members and attendees of New Life Community Church. We've never asked uh, for any... Uh, solicitations of funds, but we would encourage you to be in prayer for us and to simply encourage your friends and neighbors to listen in. Partner with us that way, and you can be a part of the spread of the gospel. That's what we're attempting to do here, and I trust the Lord's going to help us with it. Hey, let me ask you this. Have you ever needed God to show up? Have you ever needed God to show up? Here's some good news. He will every single time when we are on the way to His plan. His plan. God is sovereign. I believe that. He is in charge. He is in control. He has a plan for His creation. Our purpose is to discover what that plan is and get in on it. And I trust that you're one of those rare people that's doing exactly that. The text for this particular teaching that we're in right now is taken out of Genesis chapter 22. It's titled, On the Way to the Plan. But Genesis chapter 22, and I'm going to read uh, just one verse in your hearing, and it's a key verse in this uh, particular teaching. It's verse number 14, and the New International Version puts it this way. So, Abraham called that place actually Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide the Lord Jehovah Jireh. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. I trust the Lord would add His blessings to His anointed Word as we share that with you tonight. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank You for each one listening in right now. And I ask in Jesus' name that by Your Word You would speak to hearts, draw us closer to Yourself, empower us to be about Your business and to be on our way to your plan. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Glad you came this morning.
in just a little bit more. Okay, because I've got a couple study notes left. Beloved, what I've just described to you, those exact times of being in the middle, those exact times are the very nuts and bolts of the essence of what it means to trust God. Look with me at verse number 11. But the angel of the Lord. Now, when we last left this scene, we see a daddy with a dagger up, ready to stab his son and then cremate him. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from, help me church, I love it when God is specific. Called out to him from heaven. Now this time it wasn't just Abraham. But it was Abraham, Abraham. Now most of y'all weren't like Jeff Mitchum and myself. But growing up, if I heard Terry, Terry! Or Jeff heard Jeff, Jeffrey Rife. It meant something, didn't it, bro? Yeah. <laughs> meant you was about to tote one if you didn't listen up and you didn't listen appropriately. But this time it was Abraham, Abraham. Listen, I want you to understand this. The voice did not come from doubts. The voice did not come from personal tweaks. The voice did not come from other peeps. But rather, the, the word makes it very clear that it come from where, church? It come from heaven. Can I encourage you this morning, in particular those of you that are new to your walk with Christ, learn to discern the voice of God. If I had not heard that and I did not know that, I wouldn't stop praying until I got it. Learn to discern the voice from heaven. Now, let me say parenthetically, and I'm going to move on. Most scholars believe that this voice was the same voice that said many hundreds of years later, Martha, Martha, you remember that story? The same voice that said, Simon, Simon. And sometimes I think it sounds like Simon, Simon, Simon. The same voice that said, Saul, Saul. And who would that be? It would be Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Lamb. What theologians refer to as a Christophany, a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. We'll preach some more compelling, convincing evidence to you on another occasion. Listen, what I want you to get, beloved, is that God still knew his name. And Abraham still recognized and yielded to the voice. To put it in the New International Version, he said, Lord, I'm still here. Abraham, here I am. Abraham, Abraham, I'm still here. Look at verse 12. God stopped him. Don't you lay a hand on that boy, he said. Don't you do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. I've got a blessing for you over there. 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to go get me some of that. Man, this ain't working out like I thought. A lot of obstacles here. I've got a better idea. My peeps are telling me otherwise. But uh, may not have much of, as much of a spring in my step. But I'm going to get that blessing if it takes me all day. And you keep going. You keep going. You endure until at some point in time you get there. And then all that's not that big a deal. <laughs> I'm sorry, that stuff just pops in my head and it comes right out. You should hear the stuff I don't say. Talk to Sister D sometime. He said, now I know. Now I know. Listen to me, church. You can bet which I wouldn't encourage you to do, but you can bet that Isaac and those servant dudes knew it as well. Does that make sense to you? Now I know. So did Isaac know. And so did those servant dudes know. You see, fill in number seven with me. When God speaks and God's servant yields to the plan, there will always be opportunities for God to show himself faithful, not only to the individual, but to others through the faithful one. Can you be encouraged by this church? Can you be encouraged to continue toward that blessing? Because in the end, not only are you going to be blessed, which you will, but there is a ripple effect from that. Others will be blessed as well, family, friends. And let me tell you, sometimes when you get there and you're in that blessing, you can look around at your family and say, y'all see this? Yeah, I heard you back over there. You see this? Or do those people out there, those negative naysayers, talk about me now. Now, you don't want to say it like that. Well, actually you do, but I wouldn't encourage you to say it like that. Are you with me? Here's what actually happens. Beloved, if you stop right here, what about all those folks in your family? Not only did you miss the blessing, but so did they. Just explained what's wrong with some of your families. Not only did, will you miss the blessing, but so will the church body. I've just explained to you why there's no power in a lot of churches because we just get halfway and stop. I'm kind of having a feeling I should have titled this message The Halfway Saint. But I didn't. Let me see if I can wrap this up. Say amen right there. I'm tired of the one-legged well digger. I don't know about y'all, but I'm about ready to sit down for a spell. You try digging a hole with one leg and see how that works out. <clears throat> Time out. Listen, let me, just, let me just make kind of a bullet point out of this because there's a whole big old part two message in this, and I'm not going there. For the generations 
that would follow Abraham. And that certainly includes us. How many of you know we followed Abraham? Yeah, he was before us. The next episode in this scene should build great confidence in the spirit of the faith field. Look at verse 13. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram. What is a ram? Here in this context, context, it is an adult male sheep. The adult male is called a ram. The female is called a you or just sheep in general. And the little baby is called a lamb. So here was a ram, the adult male sheep, and it was caught by its horns. Well, what a coinkydink. So he went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Any questions, Isaac? You see what's going on? He answered the boy's question from verse 7. Where's the lamb? Abraham knew it would turn up somewhere and here it was. Where'd that ram come from? Was it a coincidence? Say no, never. Look at verse 14. So, because of all of this, Abraham called that place, look at this, and you won't see it in the original, but in, or in the English, but in the original you will. Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And most of your versions probably say that. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, which was Mount Moriah, it will be provided. Listen, beloved, Abraham knew exactly how that old ram ended up in that bramble briar bush. God put it there. God put it there. What other explanation could there be? Now listen, that's what God does. Where he guides, he provides. And when God says give up, beloved, you can know that he is going to give back. I trust somebody will be encouraged with that this morning. Now, how many of you know, I'm going to hit this real, real quick. Like, how many of you would agree that Isaac needed a provision? Isaac needed a provision. He needed a substitute provision. If God had not showed up with a substitute, then Isaac would have been toast. He was that close to being stabbed and cremated. But God did show up. Say God showed up. God did show up. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will show up. This entire scene was prophetically giving us a peek into the future. Most of us are aware of the fact that we, like Isaac, need a provision. We understand that we are sinners. We sang about that this morning. We understand that we are sinners separated from God. But God has showed up for us. He has provided for us. How so? Fill in number eight with me. That ram in the thicket was a type and shadow of the Lamb, capital L, the Lamb on the cross. God put that ram in that bush. He also purposed for Jesus to shed his life's blood so that a suitable provision might be put forth for you and I, whoever we are. You see, if Jesus had not submitted to being hung up, and by the way, when Jesus was praying, uh, no more than any of us would like to be nailed to a cross and hung up, he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. He surrendered. 
And he hung up on that cross so that we would not have to be toast. Jesus did show up. As illustrated here by the man Abraham, Jesus the Christ, the spotless lamb, submitted to God's son. Beloved, think about this. Abraham was halted, but God did offer up his one son in order to reap a vast nation of offspring. Are you glad about that? I am. Why would God design something like that for someone? Why would he design that episode for Abraham's life? We're coming up on Easter. There'll be a lot of talk about eggs, right? It's an excellent time to use this illustration. Consider the egg. Are you considering with me? Come on, if you don't, we'll never get out of here. <laughs> Consider the egg that it can't be used until it is broken. Right? It can't be used until it's broken and surrendered. I'm not talking in a spiritual sense about being beat up or abused or tarnished or tainted, but in the sense of a realization, a personal realization, that having all that God desires for us requires an emptying. It requires a total surrender. Pastor, I've got a better idea. No, you don't. No, you don't. It requires a total surrender. The psalmist said this, You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. I told you earlier, it's not about the thing. You do not want a burnt offering. That's not the focus. The focus is the heart. Verse 17 of Psalm 51, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit, a repentant spirit, one that realizes and is sorry about the mess we've made and realize that God can fix it if we will just empty the shell of ourself and allow him to fill it. Make sense? Verse 16 tells us, Because you have done this, Abraham, and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. You got to get there. New Life, let me ask you this question. And in case you're wondering who I'm talking to, I'm talking to you. Does God have a plan for your life? Yes, He does. God has a plan for your life. And on the way to that plan, there will be tests of submission. There will be tests of yielding. So, I just want to put this before you this morning because I have felt clearly impressed to do so. Is there something from your previous sin time, the past, that you're still clinging to? Listen, sometimes it's not necessarily even a bad, bad thing. Could be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. I'll 
say this to you. You see sometimes all these little empty chairs we have. The reason people are not in those chairs is not because of some bad thing, but a good thing that wasn't a God thing. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Your future can be set free from that weight, that weight of the past. I know. I heard an elderly lady say a few weeks ago to her grandson, Grandson, I'm coming back from where you're going. Make sense? Think about this. I can tell you, I've been on some of them journeys. I'm not talking to you out of the, my hat this morning. I've been there. I know. And there's a lot of people headed in that direction, and they're right there. And here's, this is my heart. I don't know if it comes out this way a lot of times. like, come on, come on, you can do it. You remember when Barbie Denise won that baby crawling contest? My goodness, we won free diapers for a year at Food Line. Said, Come on, you can do it. Boy, she did. She burned it up. Come on, she won that thing because Daddy was coaching her. I think if Daddy hadn't have been there, she might not have went that fast. Sometimes there's people that you know, you're there, and they might not get there either if you're not there. Be there. Get the blessing. Encourage them to keep on coming. Are you with me? You can be free from that weight, folks. But like Abraham, you may be, listen to this, you may be required to raise the sword to it. You may be. Sometimes God takes us to a certain point, like Abraham. And when God is convinced that they're going through with it, he said, Whoa, whoa, I just wanted to know if you would be obedient. Don't do this. I just wanted to know if you would get to this point. That's not always the case. So you better be careful. When you say, Lord, I'll do anything, and you start out with him. Sometimes he does ask you to raise that tool to get rid of that thing in your life, whatever that thing is. Is it worth it? If I can get somebody to pick on a piano just a little bit, we're going to close with a time of commitment this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand, bow your heads if you would, please. I know that during this time of revival, God is calling some people. You're on the way to the plan. There's some things that need to be gotten rid of. Now listen to me, New Life. When we say we want revival, what we're saying is, God, I want you to cut some junk out of my life. I want to surrender this stuff to you because I want the blessing at the end and I want my family to be blessed and my friends and my neighbors. So if the Lord's dealing with you this morning,
there's that thing, can you be encouraged to come and offer that thing to him this morning? Whatever it is, physically say, Lord, here it is. Take it. I surrender it. And fill me with your precious spirit. Church, it might be something relational. It may be something financial that you're wrestling with. It may be something emotional you're wrestling with. It may be a literal thing you're wrestling with. This thing that you just can't, it's just occupying your time. You know that God has something else for you. I'm going to encourage you to come. Lord Jesus, I give you this part of the service. Lord, I believe I've been faithful to preach this morning. And I pray that you would just take away everything that is Terry Knight and that your word would just imprint and impress each and every heart. Draw men and women and boys and girls to your cross, to your truth, to this time of cleansing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Won't you come? Beloved, we're going to wrap it up tonight by asking this all-important question. Does God have a plan for your life? Does God have a plan for your life? Now, the answer to that is very simple. Yes, whoever you are. And you might say, well, I'm not even a believer. I'm not a a Christian. I, I don't have anything to do with the church. Pastor, I just kind of come across this program by accident. It doesn't matter. God has a plan for your life. Now, the question is, are you following that plan or doing your own thing? God has a plan for your life. And those of you that are pursuing God's plan, here's the point of this message. There will be some trials and some tests and some tribulation on the way to that plan. There will be some times that you must endure and persevere. Typically, within those times, there's lessons that we need to learn. Quite often, to be honest with you, the lesson we need to learn is we need to let go of our agenda and get a hold of God's agenda. Quite often, there are sins from our past that continue to haunt us. God wants us to release that and to trust Him to fill us with His Spirit and lead us in a way of holiness, a way of pursuing Him. That's my prayer for you, and I trust you'll be encouraged to seek and to follow God and to, to live out His plan for your life and to live out the blessings that He has purposed for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now, and I pray that by your word you would convince them that you do have not only a plan for their life, but a plan to bless them and to prosper them in every way imaginable. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before I get out of here, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of worship activities. Look at this, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family, and we'd love to see you on Sunday morning. If you do not have a place where you regularly, normally worship with God's people, Come on out to New Life and be a part of what's happening here. We also have midweek activities Wednesday night, and what a time that is. A very special time of fellowship and prayer and instruction together in the middle of the week. Again, we'd love to involve you in that. Well, would you look? My time is completely gone. 
I trust you're going to have a great week. What's left of it? I'm Terry Knight and reminding you, my friends, that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?